everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Norley Podcast brought to you by Workforce Dimensions Limited. I am John Phipps and on the line now is a man who sang a far from note perfect rendition of Manic Monday by the Bangles just before our radio show Monday night. Uh, Matt Gerard, my ears haven't recovered but how are you? Yeah, not bad. Not, uh, not bad. That was a good, that's a classic tune, Manic Monday. But you gave me some information about that, that Prince actually wrote it. I didn't know that. I know he wrote Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, but I didn't know he wrote Manic Monday. So, as you told me at the time, every day is a school day. But it's the classic song. And I was shocked that it didn't get to number one as well, and you told me that. So, great times ahead. Indeed. Uh, every day is, is a school day, indeed, and I'm sure our listeners will have learned it. And if you did know that Prince wrote Manic Monday, then please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try and I'm sure there was somebody famous from the Bangles who did a couple of other tracks, but um, but I can't remember who it was. You gave me the list of the names, but they didn't ring any bells. Susanna but, uh, Hoffs, wasn't it? Yeah. Did she, did she, I think she did have a thing, but I was a big fan of Belinda Carlisle. I mentioned that on the pod before. I don't think you have. You mentioned it to me on Monday night. I love Belinda Carlisle. She was my ultimate pin-up. Um, she, she's probably getting on a bit now these days. But that, early, late 80s, early 90s, Belinda Carlisle was my ultimate fave. So she had some decent tunes, probably. Would you, would you class them as decent? Um, yeah, leave a light on for me. It's all right. Heaven is yeah, a place yeah, on earth. You know? a good I used to love Belinda Carlisle. So she was, yeah, so I'd probably go weak in the knees if Belinda Carlisle was at Crabble one day. She's 61. She's chance in that. She's, 61. Yeah. Did she look any good? Uh, I've got a picture of her on a Wikipedia page from 2014. You know. Yeah, I'm surprised she hasn't been in the jungle or one of these sort of things. She was really big at one stage, but yeah, she was my... I did like um, Belinda Carlisle, so... I would have... Well, I didn't have any posts on my walls, but probably I would have done if I was, you know... Like if girls I've taken out on the walls, I would have had Belinda Carlisle on my wall. Yeah, really liked her. Yeah, I think my one who was on my wall was uh, Louise, so uh, she's oh, you know, yeah, still yeah, relevant, yeah, yeah. still attractive. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she's on the market, isn't it? After Jamie, yeah, and her split up. So there you go, mate. So um, you don't see how much these days. She did strictly, didn't she? But she, she's been in. She does these days. I think she's been in musical nine to five up in London for for a bit. Oh, right, oh, right. Well, she was a. Uh, who was the end? I think was it Mystique? He was in Eternal. Eternal. I it began with an E. Yeah. So yeah. So there was some. Hang on, I knew it began with an E. Is that why you guessed Mystique? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say it something, it's sick, but then it's a bloke's band, isn't it? So, yeah, so we're talking about our, uh, from, from our teenage days, uh, pinups. But yeah, Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, she did have some good tunes. Probably people would class her as naff now, wouldn't they? Probably, yeah. She wouldn't be the, um, the, the yeah. Sixty-one again. Every time, I, I know I'm getting older, isn't it? but when you think Belinda Carlisle's sixty-one, you think like, well, the world, it is getting. I am getting older, and the world's getting yeah crazier. It certainly is. Uh, what else have you been up to this weekend? Anything exciting? Uh, no football on Saturday. So what do we do Saturday? Went to the Ashford Outlet. Bit of advertising. Ashford Outlet. Have you been a? Of course, when you were a man of Kent, Ashford Outlet. You we used to go. I think it's a load of old dribble. Try and walk, go out. Um, be there and say what do we bother coming but they've done it all up not bad now I'm quite impressed the kids absolutely love the Haribo store um, so they were pleased there and I've got a pair of trousers and they got some gear so um, thumbs up to the Ashford outlet from being pretty dreadful they spent a bit of money on it and uh, it's up this game so well done Ashford Outlet, so I'm big in there much today. I actually spent my Friday at the Portsmouth version of the Ashford Outlet, so uh, it was outlet shopping all round for your Kenley podcast. What's that one called? Gunwolf Keys. What, what sort of stores do they have? 
it was quite designer, but it was very similar to to um, to Ashford, really, uh, in terms of the shops it had. And the main reason we wanted to go, and this is how exciting my life has become, Hayley really likes Denby frying pans, and that's the best place to buy them. Again, they said that a good place for pots and pans. So again, there's a lot of designer stores, but I managed to buy. I do like a pair of cords, and I managed to get some from Gap. So which tells even more. I'm back into the 90s because Gap were massive in the 90s, weren't they? But then went off the radar a bit. But um, so I'm probably trying to relive my youth with Belinda Carlisle with, with a pair of cords on. What a time to be alive. I've had an exciting <laughs> week anyway. Um, and this is really an insight into my life as well as buying new frying pans. Um, there's a brewery based in uh, Cornwall. And I've never really mentioned my love for um, sort of craft beer on this podcast, but I'm a big fan of craft, independent, that sort of stuff. If it's basically the sort of beer that if you pour it and it's light coloured, but you can't see through it and it's supposed to be like that, that is exactly the sort of thing I like. And there's a brewery down there must, in Cornwall. There must be a real ale podcast there's got to be there's got to be um but there's a brewery down in cornwall called uh vedant who i'm a massive fan of uh literally every single one of their beers i've ever had is an absolute banger and uh and once a year this brewery release their um release a special beer that they normally put three or four beers on a week but this one they only put out in the first week of january it's called putty and uh, last year, I, I, I didn't really know it was easy to get hold of. Or And this year, I got an email saying, right, we're putting it on sale. It went on sale at half past 11 on Friday. Now, as you just mentioned, we were going to Portsmouth. So we were sat in the car with um, Hayley on her phone, going on the website, refreshing it, refreshing it with my link. And uh, I'm delighted to say that I managed to procure four cans of said beer. Uh, it wasn't, uh, I thought it was going to be quite expensive. It was six pounds a can. I thought it was going to be a lot more than that. Uh, and even better. Is that a little can or a big can? Uh, big can. And uh, even better, the bloody things have arrived this morning. So later on this evening, I'm going to be putting my feet up and drinking my first can of putty. I cannot wait. Uh, interesting about pubs and things when you going back to a youth again as a youth episode we used to go to the pub all the time do people go to the pub because there's a lot of these micro pubs that from around about i don't think kids probably do now but yeah is your micro pub heaven in eastbourne that sounds like a hipsterish place with loads of them do you know what there is only one sort of micro pub and it's more of a, it's 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 a bottle shop it's called bottle grove it's my local pub uh well it's not it's not my local it's about 20 minutes walk from me but it's where i go i'm in there if I go to the pub, that's where I go. Uh, it's run by two lads called Greg and Matt. Um, and it's they sell just exactly the sort of beer that I like. It's, it's not reasonably priced. And what I think what I like about it is it's a little bit off the beaten track. And you have to know that it's there. Do you know what I mean? You don't stumble across it. And, and that's what I like about the sort of beer places that I frequent these days. Because they are places that you have to look for rather than stumble across. And I'm a big fan of micro pubs. The Paper Mill in Sittingbourne used to be my local. Used to love it in there. Uh, there's some lovely ones in Faversham. There's some nice ones in Broadstairs. Uh, I'm all about the micro pubs. Uh, so, uh, yeah, massive shout out to all the micro pubs there. And if you're ever in Eastbourne, uh, come and stay with me at Bay Lodge. But make sure you're going to have a pint of Bottle Grove. That's all I can say to you. Oh, do they, oh, my brother-in-law goes and they, they, the snacks are worth going for. You get the scotch eggs and sausage rolls and things. They've sort of gone back to the olden days. If that's the thing, olden days again. On these sort of things. But he, he rates the snacks at some of these places as well. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just a, a lovely experience going to the pub now. It's not spit and sawdust. It's just nice. And, you know, I'm very lucky to have 
I used to have the paper mill in Sittingbourne, uh, which was a lovely local, and now I've got Bottle Grove. So I do quite well for myself. I'm quite happy. So all is good. Um, Telly-wise, um, we, we had a bit of a chat about this on Monday night, but did you see the Masked Singer over the weekend? Now, some people are saying it was dreadful. Personally, in this household, big fans. We saw the first episode. Um, I thought they were going to unmask everybody from that point of view. Um, would I watch it again? I didn't know it was on the Sunday, so I didn't watch the Sunday. Probably not, because one thing annoyed me, why are the four judges there? Because they're pretty, you know, probably paid a fortune, but they didn't really do much. And they're saying, oh, it could be Michael Caine. If Michael Caine is going to go on The Singer, the world's coming to an end. So, so I probably won't watch it. But all I've been watching is Walking Dead. So I haven't watched, we haven't watched anything else apart from Walking Dead, probably from since the beginning of December. So I know... Uh, Bancroft and Silent Witness and all these programmes have been on but we're not watching that because we're just running through Walking Dead which I'm really enjoying at the zombie fest of Walking Dead so shout out to Andrew Lincoln Egg from uh, This Life if you remember that programme which was another superb programme back in my youth uh, really enjoying that so no so no TV is being watched apart from Walking Dead so um, I'm watching Did you not even watch Gavin and Stacey on Christmas Day? For the last half hour, my wife's not really. She doesn't really like some of the comedies that I do, so I didn't watch, watch it for the last half hour. Again, without my BBC hat on, it could have been the worst program ever, and they would have absolutely beat beat it up. Which um, so, I'm not really my fan of Corden. He's okay, but um, I enjoyed the first one. But the first series when it first came out, it was really good. But I didn't bother them. I haven't watched the first half hour, if that's what you're saying. Right, well, I did and I enjoyed it, so that's uh, that's that's good enough for me. Right, let's move on then and talk about some football. An hour ago, uh, I didn't actually have any interviews, but I now do. In fact, I've got two. Uh, so let's start this week with one of those. And the FA Vars, where four scaffold teams are in last 32 action. The tie of the round for us is between the teams in fourth and second in the table as Chatham Town host Corinthian. Ahead of that game, I caught up with Chatham boss Scott Lindsay. Uh, before we went into the Vars, we started by talking about their 2-1 win in the league at Leaders Beckenham on Saturday. Yeah, pleased with the result. Performance-wise, wasn't the best we've played. Um, I think we... Um, kind of pumped a little bit um, certainly in the first half second half we spoke to the players and tried to get a little bit more calmness in, within the team um, and a little bit more control with our possession second half we did that a little bit more So, uh, but no really really pleased with oh, listen, the effort and the determination and um, like you say we would come from 1-0 down to, to go and win the game was, was absolutely spot on but I, I kind of want to see us play um, I certainly want to see the performance to be um, of a higher standard, but not pleased. The, the top of this table is absolutely fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it, looking at it, there's, there's six teams realistically who could be looking at this thinking we're we're with the shout here. If I'm totally honest with you, I don't know. Um, and I know you probably don't believe me, but I don't really look at it. Um, and I refuse to look at it until kind of maybe March time. Um, start of March, I think you start looking at it and you think, right, OK, you know, we've got a realistic chance or we haven't sort of thing, you know. Um, I don't really, I don't really, I'm not one of them that will, you know, kind of go into the bar after the game and ask who's won and who's drawn and who's lost and where are we in the table. You know, I don't, I think it, it, it doesn't pan out till kind of the end of February anyway. So, 
Um, I'm not. I'm, if I'm totally honest, with you, I don't even know where we are in the league. Well, um, you, you, you're doing okay, Scott. I'll, I'll tell you that you, you're doing okay. Um, no, that's good. That's good to know. <laughs> I, I suppose the thing is that, that, that does that kind of show that you've got a belief that your team can, can just cope with with whatever's thrown at them at this level. I think I'm the kind of manager that tries to concentrate solely on us. Um, I think you can do your own work on teams, but I think you can get wrapped up in it. And um, I think at this level of football, teams change a lot, personnel change a lot. Um, styles of play change a lot. Um, managers change quite a bit. So um, what I try to do is concentrate more on us um, and you know try and get our kind of playing style um, nailed down. Um, so each and every player playing in each position knows exactly what they're doing. As a team, we know what we're doing when the ball's in a certain area of the pitch. Um, we have um, a real clear plan of how we play. Um, if the ball turns over, um, we have a certain way of winning it back. Um, you know, the team is coached really well um, with real detail. So, and that's not just the starting eleven. You know, we work on it where players who are in the squad will know kind of what they're doing if they come off off the bench. Um, they'll know what they're doing as well, and we're quite um, well drilled. Um, but yeah, I constantly try and concentrate on ourselves more than anything. How difficult has it been sort of coming in mid-season then and, and trying to bring this into your team? Well, I think it's difficult for a start because what you're trying to do or what I'm trying to do is implement a, a playing style that's different from what was there before. Um, um, it's kind of complex in many ways. Um, you, you know, you can't just go in and say, right, I want to play this style of football and expect the players to do it on day one or week one. It takes, uh, it takes a hell of a lot of time um, and work and effort <clears throat> in order for us to, to, to kind of nail it. I've seen probably in the last two, three weeks where the team are starting to look more and more like what I want them to look like. I'm seeing more kind of actions that we work on in training. I'm seeing more of them actions in, in, during the game. We're quite vigorous in in how we um, debrief the game as well. We, we have the games filmed. Um, we, we put the clips together. Last night we trained, but we had an hour before training in the classroom where we go through the clips of of, of, of the last game and we look at positions, we look at distances, we look at how can we be better. And we also show them clips of when they've been good. So there's a lot of effort and work goes in, but... Um, I think because the playing styles change so so dramatically, it's it's going to take time. You know, it will take a hell of a lot of time in order for us to get it spot on. Uh, this weekend, the FA Vars against Corinthian aside, who've won ten games in a row, another team from from the same league. It's, it's got all the elements of a great cup tie. That one. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. They're obviously doing very well at the moment. They've got some good players. Um, I know a few of the players there um, who, are, who are good players. Um, so you know. Um, we know it's going to be a tough game. We we have to be um, we have to have eleven players, um, you know, hundred um, percent. And if we have that, I'm sure we've got a chance of winning it. And what would it mean to to, to you to go further in the Vars? And, and and have you even thought about Wembley, or is it is it just a, a, a take each game as it comes? No, I think you can't you can't think of Wembley at the stage of, of, of the tournament. I think you've got to like you say, take each game or each round as it comes. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a competition that I, I, I kind of want to do well in. Um, you know, it's um, you, you see teams from 
from the Kent League um, arrive at Wembley. I think you saw one last year and maybe the year before. There's been teams go there um, from the Kent League, and it'll be a great day out for us. But of course, we've got we've got a long way to go before we start thinking about that. But it's, it's a competition I want to do well in. And just finally, that the potential of Chatham is, is massive. Everybody kind of knows they're possibly too big for themselves. And 900 people the other week against Sheppey, that just shows that w- what the club can do. Yeah, I think when you look at it in the Medway towns, certainly um, certainly the Medway towns is something like 300,000 people. Um, you know, and I know there's obviously Gillingham Football Club who are really well supported, but we're, we're miles off that at the moment. But what the plan is, is to try and build... Um, and, and, and build a fan base and, and try and put a, an attractive style of football on the pitch in order for the fans to to come and, and not just come for the odd big game but actually come back because they're they're actually proud of how we play football so that's really important but you know it's a um, it's a, a club that's on the up and certainly with the chairman and, and, and everybody that's involved you know the, the direction and, and, the, and the ambition of the club is massive. Um, I wouldn't be there if it wasn't. Inter- a lot of interesting things in there, Matt. I, I particularly enjoyed the bits where he was saying about how hard it is to come in mid-season and completely change a team's style of play. And, and I get that, especially at this level where you only get one, maybe two training sessions a week. Yeah, when he said about the turnover of players as well... Um... If he, he, again, Scott Lindsay, he's come from Forest Green where Mark Cooper is renowned to play football. So he's, he's taken that methodology on forward for Chatham. He's done a decent job. We were surprised he took the Chatham job, but knowing what we didn't know then and the unfortunate circumstances in his personal life, um, it seems a, a good choice. And I think he's, he's enjoying it. He's come across quite well. I don't believe him. He doesn't look at the league table, John, surely. So, But I think, as you said to him, they're doing pretty well. They're in a good position, I think, at the moment. How important the Vars is seemed very important to him. So, good time to be a Chats fan. And when you mentioned there, there are 900, 900 people there and how many people live in the Medway area. If they can, not everybody's a Gillingham fan. Um, there's other football in Kent. So, they might be able to attract some other, another support, support through that way. But it's got to be going in the right direction. I like the thing about him not li- looking at the league table uh, and you know but I kind of I, I want to believe him and, I, and, and why would he say it if not and I like that because that does say to me as I put to him after that question you know he's not worried about what anyone else is doing his only concern is on Chatham Town and, and I've interviewed managers and I, I've gone to speak to him after games and they know the results better than I do and I've been sat there looking at the results all day and it, it's kind of nice it, it, if I was a Chatham fan that would be putting me in quite a good mood to know that the manager's only concern is on Chatham Town and again the point that he made about how you can over analyse other teams and his only concern is on getting his Chatham Town team playing the way that they're playing and that to me says he thinks if they're at their best then they've got nothing to worry about against anyone. Yeah I think over analytical of other sides is something that's coming to football from all levels that you have to you know counteract what they're going to do rather than worrying about what you do and I'm a big fan of you know just if you organise you'll win the game worry about yourself being organised I'm sure he does look at the league table everybody looks at the league table but he's doing a decent job there you know look at the league table you mentioned there's four six points between the top four one of those four again I keep asking this question two going up isn't it 
definitely one, possibly two, maybe three via playoff, I think, is the last standing. Yeah, so, they're in a very good position, Chatham Town. And I have to say, their game against Corinthian on Saturday will be an absolute cracker. Two decent, very good sides at the Scaffold Division battling it out. Whoever wins on that, they will, even what uh, Scotland, you said there, maybe think of, thinking of um, getting to Wembley. Yeah, I think Corinthian, 10 games in a row they've won at the moment. They are in absolutely great form. Uh, and the winners of that tie will be, a, will be a team that people will be wanting to avoid in the uh, in the next rounds, aren't they? Because they, they are teams who are doing very, very well. Yeah, I think, yeah, this again, we don't know the strength of other leagues in this division. But as we've seen in the last couple of, or last season in particular, we've seen sides from our side from the scaffold get long into the competition so I would have thought that sides would be looking at that disappointed they're drawn against each other which we, we had that conversation I think with the Corinthian manager saying it is a shame on that but I think that there will be we'll get, what do you say the last 32 after this is it? Last. This is the last 32 So last 16 there you go so you will start thinking about Wembley and I would have thought whoever wins that tie will be in the top 5 or 6 sides who think can go on and win the tournament well, interestingly that you say that, because I thought as we were chatting, I'd have a look at the odds to win the FA Vars. Right. Now, this time last year, Cray Valley PM were very long odds, and a lot of people were getting a little bit excited about Cray Valley PM's hopes, and I wish I'd put a bet on it. Uh, there's only two firms offering odds on this, and I don't have accounts with either of those, and obviously gamble responsibly, uh, etc. Uh, but at the moment, uh, but Corinthian are 50 to 1, Chatham right. Town sixty six to one with one of the bookmakers. Now, I'm Who's not, the favourite. The favourites. We'll be talking about the favourites sh- shortly. The favourites are Stone Market Town, followed by right. uh, a lot of teams from the northwest, northeast. Sorry, Stockton, West Auckland, Hebben, Concerts are the next. Are the next oh, yeah, four, yeah, uh, yeah, and then you, and then you've got. But you know, th- there's going to people don't necessarily know these teams. But I'm surprised to see Chatham Town uh, at sixty six to one. Uh, with one of those bookmakers, the same bookmaker has Deal Town, who we'll also be talking about, at one hundred to one to repeat their t- year two thousand uh, FA Vars win, uh, sixty six to one from the other bookmakers that are offering odds. Uh, interestingly, a team called Glebe North they're also taking bets on, and I don't think they'll be winning uh, their Vars. What with them not existing, uh, but that is a, a a real good tie. If I was in the county on Saturday uh, and at a loose end, that is the one game I'd definitely be heading towards. Um, Two good sides, uh, two sides who've, who've continued to, to impress in the league. Banging form, as I said, and it, it's got all the makings of a classic cup tie. Oh, I, I think it's. I think they're going, they were supposed to play each other before Christmas, weren't they? And that was called off because of the weather. But I think it will be a really, really good game, that one. And a fag paper between them, John, I wouldn't have a clue who's going to go on and win it. No, exactly. Uh, elsewhere in the FA Vars this weekend, uh, there are two other ties involving Kent teams. We've mentioned both the teams. Deal are at home to Binfield, Matt, and they'll probably fancy their chances in that one. Yeah, we spoke to Steve King on the show before. Um, they were delighted with the, the way they got through in the previous round. And at home, a little bit inconsistent at times at Deal, but all their thoughts over since the draw was made is going into that tie so fingers crossed Deal can get through to the next round I'm hoping that they can for Steve King and Steve O'Brien the people I know there the club good club and I know the memories they have from 2000 winning that tournament will be in the back of their minds but 
Where is Pingfield based, John? Which They're not far from yeah, Bracknell in, in uh, Bracknell, yeah, Berkshire. Yeah. Uh, so, they are currently third in the Hellenic League uh, Premier Division. Uh, they are some way behind the leaders, Westfields, but they do have three games in hand. But uh, only lost three games in the league this season. So perhaps that might be a tougher tie than we were expecting. But then, you know, when you play your football on a weekly basis against the likes of Ardley United, Tuffley Rovers uh, and... Easington Sports, perhaps Deal Town may be a slightly tougher proposition. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully that. Um, fingers crossed, all our sides can get through. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. The final one of our teams uh, in FA Vars action uh, on Saturday, however, do have an absolute stinker of a tie. They are away to the competition favourite Stowmarket Town. Uh, it's Glebe who are in action. Uh, Stowmarket have. <laughs> 17 wins and four draws in their league campaign this season. They're 13 points clear at the top of the uh, Eastern Counties League. Their only defeat this season has been in the FA Cup. Uh, that is going to be quite the challenge, Matt Gerrard. Yeah, I, I, we don't win the game. I would say very, very tough challenge. But stranger things can happen. They'll go there, big underdogs. But can they cause a shock? The other side may have too much confidence going in without losing many games but that's going to be a tough one I have to say yeah I'm just looking into them to see if there's any sort of names or faces that I, I recognise in the Stowe Market uh, era I just but... live in Stowe Market so I have been to Stowe Market have you? the Bruce is fact in Ipswich way yeah so um, yeah Stowe Market yeah it's a little, quaint little village so um, they must have some Ipswich town legend in the park John Walk must be 87 <laughs> running playing sweeper that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they've got some absolute, you know, because for a team to be that good, they have to have, you know, something. I mean, unbeaten in the league, but in the into the new year, they've obviously got something about them, haven't they? They've obviously got some players who who have have, have been pretty decent. Uh, well, I can tell you straight away, uh, Dean Baldich is playing for them now. He's a decent player. Uh, he's the former Tottenham youngster, um, so he he certainly when he was at Ipswich for a while. Um, MK Dons as well, I think, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, so he's obviously a man who's going to cause uh, very, very new problems for Glebe. And it is going to be a, a, a tough game for them uh, this weekend in that tie. But it's the cup. Anything can happen. And, and Glebe have, have been in good form. We spoke to Gary Alexander before the last round. Uh, and, and they'll go there with nothing to lose, won't they? Yeah, Gary Alexander's a decent manager. He will have his sides well organised, well grouped. Can they go there? Nothing to fear. Everybody's expecting Stone Market to get a bit of a trek to get there. I'm sure they'll have a nice way, away day with it, though. So um, they'll look forward to it, but maybe a little step too far. But Jamie, Jamie Philpott, you know, we've seen um, Dean Bowley, you mentioned Dean Bowley, says scoring goals. Jamie Philpott has played to a decent standard, so maybe he could be the, the difference between the two sides. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I wonder if you'd rather have a trip to Stone Market than one to Chatham, uh, because, you know, at least it's somewhere, it's an away day. Yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but all three of those ties are absolutely going to be keeping an eye on those over the weekend. Uh, in the scaffold itself, uh, full programme fixtures on Saturday. Uh, we've already heard about the big game. Uh, Beckenham 1, Chatham Town 2. Chatham coming from behind uh, to win that game. Uh, but Scott Lindsay, as, uh, as he said, was not particularly thrilled with how they played. Uh, but that league table that Scott Lindsay's not looking at is wide open. I would say six teams there all fancying the chances of still winning this league. You've got Beckenham 46 points. 
uh, from 20 games. Corinthians 43 from 21. Sheffield United 42 from 20. Chatham 40 from 21. Hollands and Blair 35 points from 19 games. And Tunbridge Wells in six have 34 points, but they have only played 17 games. They've got four in hand on Corinthian and Chatham and three in hand on the leaders, Beckenham. Uh, the other results on Saturday, AFC Croydon 4, Irith and Belvedere 2. Beersted 1, Irith Town 0. Corinthians 10th win in a row came as they beat Deal Town 2-0. Uh, a rare thing in the scaffold, Crowborough nil, Lordswood nil. Uh, Tunbridge Wells were 3-0 winners at Fisher. It was Glebe 4, Canterbury City nil. Hollands and Blair 1, Welling Town nil. Great 4-0 win away from home for Punjab United over K-Sports. And Sheppey United racked up their 100th goal of the season on the way to beating Greenwich Borough by five goals to nil. Uh, I, I love this league. I, I couldn't love it more, Matt. Sheffield United, 100 goals in all competitions. We're in, what, 6th of January? Even in that, on that point of view. So, delightful Punjab as well. They've moved away from the relegation zone. But the one concern, of course, in that is still Canterbury City. Um, I don't know what sort of players they're lining up and playing now, but you'd have thought for the rest of the season it's going to be very, very difficult for them to pick up any points. They're probably not going to get relegated, but... Yeah, still concerns about the Canterbury City, which is a real shame. It really is a shame. Uh, Chatham, uh, sorry, Sheppey United, as, as we said there, uh, 75 goals in the league in 20 games. And they've only conceded 26. They've got one of the best defences as well. Uh, goal difference of plus 49. And, and that's going to have you high-flying uh, in this league. Uh, but yeah, Canterbury City, as you say, Matt, is a, a worrying situation. We are keeping an eye on what's going on there. But they managed to get a team out on Saturday, albeit they were beaten at Glebe and hopefully they can see this season out as you say they're 10 points clear of the bottom two at the moment uh, not quite sure how many teams are going to be relegated from this league as always but I know four teams are coming up uh, into this level so time will tell but hopefully Canterbury City can come out of this on the other side. Uh, this weekend as well as the three FAVAS games uh, there are also Fixtures in the scaffold itself. Another big game at the top of the table is Beckenham Town host Sheppey United. Uh, it's Canterbury City against Beersted, Irith and Belvedere against Crowborough, Fisher against Hollands and Blair, Greenwich Borough against Irith Town, Lordswood take on K Sports, Punjab United at home to Tunbridge Wells, and Wellingtown against AFC Croydon. Uh, into Division 1 on Saturday, it was Croydon 1, Stansfeld 2, FC Elmstead 2, Snodland Town 1, Kellington 3, Brydon Ropes 1, Kent Football United 3, Lidtown 4. Lewisham nil, Rochester United three, Meridian VP nil, Sutton Athletic two, Russell beat Greenways by five goals to nil, and it ended 2-2 between SC Thamesmead and Forest Hill Park. On Saturday, Forest Hill at home to Kent Football United, Greenways host SC Thamesmead, Slidtown against Bryden Ropes, a Meridian VP take on FC Elmstead, Rochester United against Holmesdale, Rustall against Croydon, Snodland Town against Kennington, and Sutton Athletic versus Stansfeld. Let's move up the pyramid then. One well, I'm going back to Lidtown. You know, I follow Lidtown. Go on then. Uh, Lid mate, so he got two. The other guy I picked up last week, my mate's nephew, they won 4-3 and he got two goals. So I think he said he's got um, he's got 11 goals in all competitions. So 18-year-old, um, really enjoying his football. So I keep an eye out for him. And uh, the lady at work went to that game and she said, the scenes when Lidtown scored the winner... On the, the supporters that she classes of one and on the pitch was something to behold. So uh, they were absolutely delighted. So shout out to Bradley Baker for another goal. We're keeping an eye out on you, Bradley. And we're trying to get him on the show. I spoke to his uh, uncle and uh, he's a bit of a shy lad, but uh, hopefully we'll get him on to, see how he, to talk about how he's getting on in the near future. Yes, it sounds like an absolute thrill of a game there. But Baker scoring early on uh, to make it 1-0. Lid then went 2-0 up. Uh, and then were 3-2 behind 
before two late goals uh, gave them the, the, the spoils. So well done uh, to Lid Town. Uh, much needed result for them. Moving up the pyramid then, just the one step, uh, the Isthmian League South East, where almost everything Seven Oaks Town have done this week has been newsworthy. Uh, firstly, on Monday, they announced the dual registration signing of one of my favourite players in Kent, Ryan Hayes from Dartford. And then on Tuesday night, they were trailing early on to Haywood Heath when a power cut curtailed play. Game called off. Uh, seemed like a good chance to catch up with Mickey Collins, who started off by telling us all about other games he's played in that have been abandoned. Well, twice I've, I was played, I was managing a game for Belvedere against Holmesdale, and the lights went out, and then 20 minutes later, they got them back on again with the generator. So that was fine. And then when I come back and played, I was about 37, 38, and I scored early for against uh, Irith from Belvedere against VCD, 1-0. And it got through for the last 20 minutes of the game, and it got abandoned for a waterlogged pitch. <laughs> So I had the goal chalked off. We were still 1-0 up, so that was a bit disappointing. But, um, yeah, last night was a strange one because it was a really loud noise prior to it happening. Um, like a rumbling under the ground. It was really weird. And then um, the lights flickered and then gone. That was it. Um, the electric got put back on this morning at 9.45. It's frustrating, isn't it, when you look at these things and you just think, you know... it. it it, people might be looking saying, oh, well, you know, 7 8 it doesn't look good for the club, but it's nothing you can do about it, was there? There's a power cut in the area. What it is, they reckon there's, a, there's an underground supply down behind where the club is lower on the road below, and it blew up. That was it. So they, they tried all night to repair it. So everybody in the street below us, there's probably, I don't know, 100-odd houses down. Obviously had no electric from 20 to 8 last night, right the way through till half nine this morning. So... You can imagine the devastation, freezers gone and all sorts. So, um, yeah, what can you do? But the ref called it quite early. He said, look, it, you know, it's not likely it's going to go back. It's not like we can just flick the switch again. We've got no power. So, you know, it's one of those things. Disappointing, upsetting for Hayward Teeth. They've travelled all that way. Um, I suppose the only saving grace was 1-0 down. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not really the religious type, but sometimes you have a little look in the sky. There was plenty of time left, though, wasn't there? <laughs> There was loads, yeah, there was loads of time left. And to be fair, we started really well, actually, apart from the free game goal. But, um, yeah, it's one of those. You know, it's just, it's happened. And it was a shame, really, because obviously we had Ryan Hayes on the bench to, to hopefully get a debut. And so it was all an exciting night. And, uh, but no, never mind, it's gone. Looking at your, your results, you, you're drawing a lot of games at the moment. Yeah, it's been, been the bane of our life for the last few weeks, really. And we've, we've been in the lead in most of them. And, We've not killed the games off, and it was the same again Saturday against which the ball and should have killed it off, and we didn't. And then they equalised late, fair play to them. Um, it's a difference between us being staunch in the middle of the playoffs and being just on the outside of them, I think, at the moment. But um, I'm still happy with the position, you know, three points outside it and 20 games to play, so you know, still a lot to play for. I looked back and you haven't won since the 23rd of November, which actually sounds a lot worse than it is because it's not as if you've had lots of games over Christmas. You've just been playing, you know, it's only six games I think you are without a win, but you'll be desperate to end that run soon. Oh, yeah, I mean, and the boys are, you know, it's frustrating at the moment. And we went through, we had an injury crisis, which we never went out and replaced. So we, we waited and that probably didn't help us and probably a few results went a bit awry from that. But, you know, no complaints. We are where we are and, the boys know we've got to put it right. We've strengthened the squad in the past two weeks and massively. And, and now we'll push on and, and see what the rest of the season brings, really. You mentioned him earlier on the bench last night, but Ryan Hayes, that, that's the sort of signing that people will, will sit up and take notice of. Yeah, it's a great signing. And, and the fact that he approached us and spoke to me and wanted to come to us to get game time and, and you know see how long it lasts for, really. It could be for, for longer than 
we expect he might go back after a few games. We don't know, but um, it was it was nice, and I met him, and you know I know the run really well anyway. But we sat in the chat for a couple of hours and find um, it all out, and it's brilliant. It's great for the club, and you know what, long term it could be a, could be a real big positive for us. He's just got that X factor, hasn't he? He's got something in his locker that he can just pick a pass and, and make something happen in, in the blink of an eye. Do you know what, John? He, he's played levels, and, and you know what? The, too many people get banded the word legend, and they band it around too too much for my liking. And you play thirty games for a club, and you de- you know declared a legend. The guy's played six hundred and odd games for Dartford, won untold trophies, and not only that, he's an absolute top-notch bloke. And you look at that and you go, you don't get that loyalty anymore. That's a proper legend at a football club. And yeah, for someone like him with his quality and still with the ability he's got and the desire to want to go and still push on in his football career, that was a massive plus for us to get him. It really was. And um, yeah, it's, it's great. And the fact that his chairman came down last night and wanted to see him make his debut from, from Dartford, which is lovely. And um, I think it goes back to the days of my rapport with him when I played there. So yeah, it's you know it's a great time, and and you know what, as I've said to you many times, it's not little Seven Oaks anymore. We're we're a bit bigger than that now. I was looking actually, your crowds have picked up. I mean, five six years ago, you you were lucky to get thirty odd people through the gate, but you're getting a couple of hundred now. Yeah, yeah, and we and we wanted that to push on really towards the end of the season, and if we can get near the playoffs and and get some excitement at the end of the year, I think we'll do that, and then I think going into next season, I think we'll be looking minimum two hundred. Um, and it's, it's as you've seen the club grow, mate, because you, you know, dad's from local, so you you see exactly what's happened there, and it's we've grown it slowly and carefully, and it's the way to do it with a plan. And um, you know, we haven't gone and dived in and spent millions, and, and then all of a sudden gone, oh, we regret this. We just took it nice and carefully, and um, everything's grown gradually off the pitch, and then on the pitch, we've done the same. Tenth last year, will we improve on that this year? I'd like to think so, and then we see where we go again. There'll be good news on the clubhouse very very shortly. That's going to be. That'll be announced, I should think, you know, in the next next couple of months. So it's all great. I just finally got Phoenix Sports at home on Saturday. That they're having a good run as well. They're around you in the league table. So that's a a, a big game between two possible playoff contenders. I, do you know what? I, I was talking to somebody last night, and I, there's 12 teams in that league, apart from two that I think would go on and potentially be the, the title winners, and the, the rest of the up. There's another 12 that can make playoffs easy. It's wide open this year, and it's so tight. And and you know what? There's not that many bad teams. It's really, really good sides. Every week you play, it could go either way. It's just who turns up on the day and has a bit of a luck, you know, with a rubber to green. Uh, apparently, they didn't get the power back for for twelve hours there. Uh, so that was uh, understandable. That one was called off, Matt. Well, I think they had an earthquake or something. The rumble of the uh, electricity under the under the ground from that. So a little bit scary, yeah. Uh, again, it works in your favour, it works against you and those sort of things we heard from uh, Mickey Collins on that point of view. Um, well, the most important thing, I loved a bit of the comment about that. People will be concerned about their fridges and freezers. So he loves his football, but also concerned about people's meat, which is that good, interesting to hear as well. Yeah, well, I suppose with everything that's going on in Iran as well, I guess that uh, any any noises like that, you're, you're starting to... Uh, to, to... Well, I'm a bit concerned, yeah, yeah, so... Uh, but Seven yeah. Oaks Town moving in the right direction uh, under Mickey Collins, uh, and the, the crowds are picking up as well, as you mentioned there. Yeah, I, I, yeah he's, a, he's a, a good character, Mickey, so I know certain clubs, you know, he sort of has that sort of... So I find it difficult sometimes to how he winds him up on the touchline, but that's part of him. He's doing a decent job there. Wants to turn those draws into wins, but 
Worth seven oaks to be one of the sides we thought would be riding high, middle of the table. I think they're overachieving at the moment, John. And maybe the signing of Ryan Hayes can be that difference to push them up the league even more. Yeah, it's, it's very tight there, and and I thought you made a good point. There's a couple of teams who could who are competing for the league, and the rest of them down as far as probably about 14th place in that table are all competing for the playoffs, and 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 that makes for an interesting season, doesn't it? It is. And I'm talking about Ryan Hayes. I've never, you know, you like him. I've never been his biggest fan. I know, to be honest, he can do things with the football that half of us could not be um, uh, could even dream of. But I remember when they had him and Dave Martin on the same wings. Dave Martin went into a football league career. I really liked Dave Martin because defensively, as I've been brought up from Chris Kinnear here, defensively, Dave Martin was brilliant going forward and going back. Ryan Hayes wasn't the best defensively, but he had a little bit of a trick in his locker, to be fair. And, you know... He, and he'd done it at every single level. When Darth was riding on the National League, he was banging him in left, right and centre. So I was more of a Dave Martin fan than a Ryan Hayes. But that's the kind of signing, though, that could push him up the level. Because on his day, he is unplayable. But yeah, I always think he could do a little bit better sometimes on Ryan Hayes. But I'm not doing him any disservice because he is a, a cracking lad. A cracking lad as well as a very good footballer. Yeah, I came quite late to the Ryan Hayes party because, uh, you know, Dartford was never really on my radar that much before we started doing this show. But uh, I must admit, I, I saw him play a pass against Welling on New Year's Day a couple of years ago, which I can still close my eyes and see. It's one of the best passes I've ever seen and it, it led to a goal. Uh, he's just, as I said to Mickey there, he's just got something in the blink of an eye. He can make something happen. And at that level, he's going to be an absolute menace. Yeah, I'm surprised... Um... At some point, somebody didn't take a gamble on him um, when he was riding high, because by either you know he was he was a right left foot left left sided player playing on the right, and he could whip in some fantastic deliveries and that. And surprised nobody took a, they took a chance on Dave Martin. He had a decent career, not with Ryan Hayes, but yeah, he, he is he could, at that level. If he's got the trickery to go past people, if his fitness is good, he's been on the bench quite a bit for um, for Dartford. Yeah, it could be a good signing, but you always thought when he came in, you wouldn't have thought he's a Steve King player, and that's clearly been seen that they've kept him on dual registration, but can't see him getting in the dark side anymore much longer, I'm afraid. But I think Seven Oaks, and, and obviously a shout out from my dad as well there from Mickey Collins, yeah. which is uh, which is always good to hear. Uh, but things are, are are looking up, and I think the rest of the season is going to be interesting because they've got players there. And I was looking at the team Mickey Collins was able to put out last night, and there's some seriously good players in there. And if it all gels together, then Seven Oaks, there's no reason why they can't take one of those playoff spots. Yeah, I was checking at the league table. Yeah, there's, there's no, as he said, it's an open division this year. No, some of the bigger sides. You would expect them to do a little bit better. Haven't done. Eighth place. Okay, still makes me laugh. I've only played 18 league games. You, you, you look at some of those teams in the National League. Absolutely. they played only 30 league games. It just seems absolutely mental how far they're behind on the, on the, on the fixtures in, a, in this division. So they've still got half the season left to play. So, yeah, no reason. And a, and a signing like Ryan Hayes can lift the players and it will lift the, the energy around the squad as well. So I think it's a good bit of business from Mickey Collins there. Yeah, but you have to remember as well the, the, the amount of games they've got left, to be fair, because it is a smaller division. It's, it's only uh, 38 fixtures they've got. They've got 20 games to play. So is there 20 Saturdays? Probably not. No. Between now and May, probably not. So they're going to be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday now, aren't they? So it just, just does not make any sense. 
No, it doesn't. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Ashford United thumps Burgess Hill 7-0 away from home. Uh, it was a great win for last week's guest Ben Smith, as well as his home base side with 2-1 winners at Cray Valley PM. Uh, Sittingbourne also victorious, 2-1 at East Grinstead. And it was the same score as Faversham beat Chichester. Uh, Matt Longhurst's first game in charge of Ramsgate ended in a 1-0 loss at home to VCD Athletic. Hive Town were beaten 3-0 at Whitehawk. And as we've heard, a late goal for Whitstable and then a 1-1 draw against Sevenoaks. And on Sunday, Phoenix Sports won 2-1 in Guernsey. And Tuesday night, VCD were beaten 3-0 at home by Chichester. And that result kind of shows that Faversham are moving in the right direction. Solomon Taiwo uh, among their scorers on Saturday. Now they've gone and brought in Paul Hayes, the former Wickham striker as well. Uh, so th- th- there's something going on at Faversham. And I think they're, they're, they're building in the right direction. Yeah, I think good home form and away form has let them down. Um, James Collins... We know he's what he loves. Solomon Tyro is at Dover, so I know him pretty well. Paul Hayes, he is, back in the day, a lower league, prolific goal scorer. So he can attract players like that. Yeah, Faversham going in the right direction. I think a lot of our sides, the Herne Bay, the Whitstables, the Faversham's, like, the, only, the, the only team that's struggling a little bit is, is Ramsgate. But the, it's, it's not a bad season for our sides around the um, southeast, sort of, you know, where I'm based. It's just Ramsgate not looking good there and continue to have problems. If it wasn't East, East Grinstead were absolutely appalling, they would be bottom of the table. And you think the investment they've had there really disappointing. Yeah, Paul Hayes uh, is now 36 years of age. In he's been a job. He's been at Meridian VP in uh, the South Count- Southern Counties East League Division 1, uh, having briefly made one appearance for Romford, uh, who are in the news a lot at the moment. Uh, but now he's at Faversham and he'll be having to bang the goals in. I believe he played again in the Kent Senior Cup as well against your boys last night, Matt. Yeah, day one four two. Um, it's not a competition. Uh, well, it, it, it was like a Champions League night last night, I seem to think, thinking the... Um, in the uh, Kent Senior Cup because a lot of sides were playing weren't they so um, maybe and a lot of sides went through I think Dover went through Whistler will beat um, Welling so yeah it's, it's a, a Champions League style night for the Kent, Kent Senior Cup so good to see the games are finally getting played yeah um, you know I say every day is a school day mm. I've just learned something yeah. that will be a, a surprise I'm sure uh, Paul Hayes is the brother of Martin Hayes yeah I didn't know that my good mate Martin Hayes, yes. Yeah. So, um, you will make, if you, you know, friend of the show, Tom Bird, well, if you speak to him, he's got an excellent story about me and Martin Hayes. Okay. Um, coming through, again, I won't say it on here, but uh, in a way, he always, he's like a, Tom's got a memory, can't, you know, sometimes he couldn't remember what he had for dinner, but he can always remember things that gets me into trouble or makes him laugh. So. Is it like your Live Bird Henry story? Yeah, it's one of those right. I was going to tell you Good. about that, yeah. Okay, fine, lovely. Uh, this yeah. weekend, Faversham make the short trip to Homelands to face Ashford United, uh, Whitstable at Chichester, Ramsgate travel to face Leeds Hastings, Cray Valley are away at Haywards Heath, Herm Bay host Burgess Hill, Hythe take on East Grinstead. We've already heard that Seven Oaks are at home to Phoenix Sports. It's Sittingbourne against Three Bridges, VCD against Whiteleaf. There's a handful of games on Tuesday night as well. Herm Bay at Chichester, at Cray Valley against Whiteleaf, Faversham on the road again at Haywards Heath, and it's Phoenix against Sittingbourne, and that handful now worked much better before I realised there was an all-Sussex game uh, in those fixtures there, Balls. Uh, in the Premier Division, we spoke last week about what it might be like on a cold January Saturday in Brightling. See, well, 164 people turned up to find out. Uh, they didn't see any goals as it ended nil-nil. Uh, but w- with Worthing also drawing nil-nil, Invicta stayed top of the table. 
There were also no goals at Hayes Lane, where Cray and Wingate and Finchley drew 0-0. But Margate's new signings came to the fore as they won 2-1 at Bognor Regis. Gillingham Loney, Roman Campbell got the opener, and Kieran Lewis, who had just extended his loan from Dulwich, got the last-minute winner. And in my list of teams that needed a win, Matt, Margate were very near the top. Yeah, the away form is pretty good, Margate. Six away wins on the on the road. Jay Saunders, it's the home form that's let them down. Bognor Regis, I know I, I said they weren't having a great season. don't think they particularly are, but somebody picked me up on that. Good result for Margate. There's a long old trek down there, uh, and they've got it up, and they, and they needed that win. And you could see the celebrations, I think, on social media when the goal went, was released on uh, on social media on that, the, how important, how impressed the players and the staff were with that. So something for Margate to build on and try and get some uh, points on the board. And they had a good result in the Cup, I think, last night. They beat Carl Short, didn't they? Heavily in that competition, so in the League Cup. So maybe 2020 could be a year of the Margate, or at least the early days have been pretty good for them so far. Yeah, uh, Matt Gerrard actually looked up the Velocity Trophy, which is, is staggering. 5-1, uh, they beat Carl Short and Athletic uh, in that competition. A uh, hat-trick for Elliot Reeves, is, which is a name that hasn't been on the score sheet very much lately, Matt. No, no, my mate, my mate from uh, up north working at uh, a well-known uh, chemical product, uh, company in Sandwich. Uh, I, well, I say I quite liked him when I saw him in the cup. And I, I think he's a, a player that Margaret have done well to go with. And interesting that Jason has brought a lot of strikers in, but he always seems to um, favour the Reeves as well. And he, and he repaid that in their sort of special kit they were wearing as well with the Libertine sponsor with a healthy 5-1 win. Now they're going to turn that form at home around in the league because uh, a few wins at home in the league maybe get the gates back up at, at the gate. Yes, as I'm joined by uh, my black cat who is putting his claws in my leg. Uh, <laughs> this weekend is all Kent against Essex as Cray Wanderers go to Bowers and Pitsy. Folkestone are at home to Haringey Borough. I know it's in London, but they used to play in the Essex League, so I'm having that. Uh, and Margate are at home to East Thorick. And Gate are then at home to Wingate and Finchley on Tuesday uh, for Cray Wanderers host Hornchurch on Wednesday. And, and the home form, Matt, you mentioned it there for Margate, is going to be absolutely crucial, isn't it? Well, yeah, if you think two home games on the spin now, that could push them right on the sort of cusp of the playoffs if they get two home wins there. And I think Jay Saunders would be hoping they can do that. They're still getting other sides again. The league hasn't really settled down with it, but two wins on the split, well, three wins it would be if they can win after beating Bognor in the next two home games. That will be a little confidence and maybe some of the supporters will be thinking, mm, maybe we can get in the playoffs. So uh, a big week for Margaret, I think. Yes, exactly. Uh, we'll move on then. We'll keep moving up the pyramid. Uh, National League South, we'll change of manager uh, at Welling United, where after the 3-1 defeat at home to Weymouth, on Saturday, Mark Goldberg said it was time for him to bring in someone and bring in someone he did. Bradley Quinton, the former Braintree and Enfield manager, has come in. His first game in charge uh, was in the Kent Senior Cup against Whitstable and uh, didn't pan out well as Whitstable made it through. Uh, but Bradley Quinton experienced that level and perhaps the steady hand at Welling need. Yeah, he did a brilliant job at Braintree's first season, didn't he? When they, uh, I think they came from nowhere to, to win the playoffs in that game to get played to the National League. It was always going to be tough for them um, to, to, to survive in the National League. And maybe they pulled the trigger a little bit because he was a bit of a legend of that football club. I think he's had a couple of other opportunities. He's gone to Welling. He knows this level, which is absolutely key, I think, for Welling United. I think he was in for the Dartford job at one stage. I think he was interviewed for before Steve King got it. So, um, interesting to see what they're... I admire Mark Goldberg. He decided, you know, he was getting a bit of abuse from the Welling supporters. They're on a terrible run just outside the drop zone. Maybe he's um, decided enough is enough and he's brought Bradley Quinton in. And I'm sure 
there will be as at this level an influx of players. Be, I think he's released a couple of players already, looking to bring players in. Could be a high turnover of players. But as I said to you last week, John, on that bomb paper, Welling squad is a decent squad at National League level. Just hasn't worked for them. And some of this thought, Mark Goldberg, he's known in the football circles, but footballers can be a little bit sniffy if if you've got. A, I found that if you've got somebody who is the manager team who hasn't played at a level, it can be difficult sometimes to get your ideas across. But Bradley Quinton has had a decent career. I'm sure he'll be able to do that. But Mark Goldberg, maybe that's the last we've seen of him. Because he, of course, took Bromley up. It hasn't really been that successful at Welling United. I think that's really the last we've seen him in the, in the managerial dugout. Yeah, Danny Waldron and Ijiro Okasiemi were the first people to leave Welling uh, yesterday, moving uh, to the national uh, to the Isthmian League North. Uh, the foot of it, in fact, to join Romford, the aforementioned Romford, now obviously owned by Glenn Tamplin. I think Waldron played under Tamplin at Billericay as well. Um, They've signed about forty players since he's been there. Yeah. And I, I saw a tweet out today. He said that um, twenty-two games to go. We win all twenty-two. We'll be in the playoffs. We're going for it. Yeah, but they are still how far adrift at the bottom of the table? No, I'm, 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 well, I don't look at that. Mate. How, how far adrift are they at the bottom? Yeah, uh, Bradley Quinton, though, is an, an interesting appointment. He was linked with the Hemel Hempstead job um, when last year. Uh, he's, he's only 41, uh, so he's still a, a young manager as well. Uh, and he, I think he was one of, a big part of the Alan Devonshire team uh, at Braintree as well. So, you know, he is one of those who uh, who, who is... It, that there's something about those players who've played under Alan Devonshire and they just have something in them, I think, and, and a good schooling under him. So uh, interesting to see how they go. We'll be keeping a close eye on what players uh, come in uh, at Welling because obviously Mark Goldberg would have had to make some budget available, I'd imagine, Matt. Yeah, to attract him in, but Bradley Quinton is, uh, has used players. I think a lot, quite a few players came from Enfield to Braintree and I'm sure he'll like to use players he's worked with before. Maybe he can trust because... I think maybe he doesn't really look at that squad and thinking on paper that squad should be doing a little bit better and maybe he'll be bringing players in that he, again, most importantly, he trusts. Yeah, exactly. Just looking uh, quickly, other players uh, are have also left. Joe Anderson has left uh, and Jay Rich Begaloo is also expected uh, to be on his way out as well. Quinton, speaking to Brett, uh, Kent Online, has also said he doesn't want to se- se- settle for second best and he wants to improve his players and if they want to work hard with me along the way, then we'll all do well. Uh, he also says he's going to be speaking to staff who are still there, but it's understood that Ose Sankofa uh, also left the club following the game on Saturday. So, we'll be, as I say, we'll be keeping a close eye on matters. At Mark Goldberg's still a chairman, I take it, isn't he? I believe he is, yes. So, uh, yeah. plenty going on there. In Elsewhere in the National League South, good news for Tunbridge Angels. Ben Greenow had gone back. But now Ben Greenow has been released by Dartford and has signed on for Tumbridge Angels uh, to the rest of the season. Uh, that's a massive boost for them, isn't it? Yeah, I, don't know. He, he, I think his job outside of football was with the Dartford Academy. So I don't know if he's still staying in that particular role. But Ben Greenow, a bit like Ryan Hayes, maybe too much flair and not defensive abilities that Steve King particularly liked. Straight away, King... Um, uh, didn't play him straight off and sent him straight on loan but yeah again a very very good player who can change a game very very quickly he's got a lovely left foot as well so um, good signing for the Angels and they had a great result at the weekend as well in a, in a real relegation six pointer and again home form has been great if they can pick up an away win as well that will really cheer up Steve McKim but yeah so great doing well Angels as we say didn't expect them to rip up any trees in this division staying up is their aim and at the moment it's going well
Yeah, that was a massive win for them over Chippenham on Saturday. And Greenhow has been a big part of, of their good run of form. Uh, and Dartford, to be fair, haven't really needed him. A brilliant win for them on Saturday into the playoffs, four wins in a row. They're absolutely flying high, aren't they? I keep saying they're surprised about it, but why should I be surprised? Look, Steve King is a good manager at this level. And I see them two luck and pegged back for 2-2, but they had the quality to come through again and win that match as well. So that was a fantastic result. And they're the form side in this division, and nobody we wanted to play Dartford at the moment under Steve King. Week in, week out, he brings in players as well. He's not standing on his laurels. He's tinkering the squad, bringing players he wants to go in. Seventh place, 13 points off the top. Yep, I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but I think they're in a good position for the playoffs. And he was well Maystone. We know my feelings about Maystone. Great result against having a Waterloo, and that's something for them to build on as well. It certainly is. This weekend, there's no game for Maidstone to build on that. Uh, on Saturday, but it's Dartford against Oxford City. Uh, Tunbridge Angels go to Braintree and Welling have a tough game for Quinton's first league game as they travel to the leaders. Wheelstone, Maidstone are in action on Tuesday night as they take on Hemel Hempstead. There was no game for Dover Athletic on Saturday, so Matt's mood is exactly the same as it was last week. Uh, if he was an Ebbsfleet fan, though, I'd suggest he'd probably be pretty darn depressed after their heaviest defeat since 1992. So Ebbsfleet United's heaviest defeat ever, technically, as they weren't called Ebbsfleet United then. A 7-0 shellacking up at Barrow. Uh, it had a bit of a bounce under Kevin Watson, but work to do now, Matt. Yeah, that's an absolute... Tonkin. I, I, I saw him against Dover I saw the, the week before that. I thought Dover would better sign the first half that Epsley came into it, but he never felt that they had the belief to go on and score a goal and win that game. And Clearly, when they're 2-0 down, they have Jack King, one of the most experienced players, sent off. And against the Barrow side, who, who people say are the best side, footballing side in the division, they absolutely ripped him apart. Seven goals to nil. It's going to be tough for Epsley. You look at that league table, They've got to pick up results from someone. They're not playing this week because it's the FA Trophy. But, you know, they've got to pick up wins. We mentioned before they were picking up draws. And then he's turned them into wins. But now, how many games? If you're going to get to the magical um, 50 points, they've still got a long, long way of doing that for 15, 25 points. They need to double their, their tally in the last 16 games of the season. So you've got to be winning nine out. You've got to be winning 10 out of the last 16 games to try and stay up and that could be a tall order for him. Yeah, and I think that uh, there was an interview that with uh, BBC Radio Kent that we played out on our radio show Monday night uh, and he sounded very, very desolate, didn't he, Kevin Watson, in that interview. And, and But he basically said that the, the closing stages of that game were nowhere near acceptable. Yeah, he's probably playing for his future here as well. I know he's been a, done a little bit of sky work it's his first job, even though he's been around the National League for a numerous sort of spell with certain clubs um, as assistant manager. But he's got Steve Lovell inside him there. Does he feel the pressure of Steve Lovell being alongside him? Maybe it does. But, you know, they've got a director of football in. Did you expect some signings this week, John? That may happen before the weekend or maybe leave it till next week because of the, tro the, the trophy this week. But, yeah, it's a it's a difficult one for Ebsley. A difficult one for Kevin Watson. Just hope somehow they can pick up the results from somewhere and bring in some new players. A bit of fresh blood could kick, needs to give them a little bit of a boost. Yeah, I think that the budget is the question, isn't it? Because obviously they've had problems, well-documented problems, playing their players on time. Uh, they've got a new manager. And there's obviously going to be players there on contracts. And we've said before about Dover, it's hard to get players out if you haven't got them. So Kevin Watson's got, got work to do. And, and 
I guess that's where Steve Lovell and, and his own contacts will really come to the fore to just get some players in to help them any which way they can. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I still, have they got the contacts to bring players in? Will it be loan players? They've lost Alex Reid, but they kept paying. I think Alex Reid is a bit of a loss to them, because I quite like Reid. He's, he's a pacey striker. He played him on the wing, but I think if you play him down the central, uh, down the middle, I think he can cause problems. So, they need, well, they probably need a rock at the back and also a goal scorer, which are easier said than done. Can they attract players when you're 23rd in the National League? That is the big question. Maybe they should be looking down rather than up for these players because there's going to be players who'd love the chance uh, to, to, yeah, yeah, to move yeah. in there. Uh, Bromley, uh, busy week for them as well. They they lost at Notts County. They're down to fourth. Uh, they also saw Rico Hackett Fairchild move on uh, for a, what they say is a club record fee. He's moved to Portsmouth. Um, I've not seen him play, Matt, for, for Bromley, but you have and, and you've been impressed. Yeah, he's um, a quick winger. Um, I think he was at Charlton before. So they get him from Charlton. I think they might have done. Yeah, he was, um, yeah. Yeah, so from the, when they were flying at the start of the season, he was the main man. Scores goals. He's one of these players who can play on either side of the wing. He was playing on the left against Dover when he came on the sub and right-footed and nearly scored. Pace to burn. Um, and he showed what a good job Neil Smith's bringing in. You know, you can see Barnett let a player go to Peterborough for 500 grand. So the value of non-league players is going up. 100 grand for Hackett Fairchild, who played for Portsmouth in the Johnson's Paint Trophy last night. Yeah, hope it works out a little bit better than um, the previous signing who went there from Louis Dennis from Bromley to Portsmouth. But clearly shows that Neil Smith is doing a really good job. Hackett Fairchild dropped through the leagues. And was ripping up the National League before he got injured. And fair play to fair play to him. I hope it works out for him. But Bromley, and, and I admire Bromley because they are high in the league, third in the table. Could they get um, promoted? They could have turned that down, that £100,000, and said, right, we're going to keep you to the end of the season because we need you. But they're not standing in the way of a player going to a, a big football club like Portsmouth. I think there was actually a, it did trigger a clause in his contract when they when right. they made the offer. So they, they kind of had to accept the offer. But the, 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 interview with Neil Smith on the website was exactly that we're not going to stand in his way we're so proud and there's a big list of players who've gone on to play in the Football League after leaving Bromley um, you know and, and I thought that was a, a really nice thing for them to say uh, they've also signed Michael Chambers this week as well a uh, defender who's, really, who's left Wrexham a big tall uh, defender formerly of Welling United so a uh, good opportunity for him uh, to come down to Bromley they were knocked out of the Kensington Cup as well beaten 2-0 uh, by a Youthful, well, a mixed Gillingham side, but I don't think it was Bromley's first t choice team uh, that played either. Uh, and I finally found that story. Uh, whether it be players on loan or our own, Rico joins a number of players such as Louis Dennis, Luke Wolfenden, Brandon Hanlon, Ramari Edmonds-Green and Alfie Doty have all gone to play in the Football League following spells at Rain Rain with the Ravens. This further enhances the reputation of the club in the professional football world, which is something we take great pride of. Um, and that is well. absolutely Very fair. Good. No going for Dover last weekend. Uh, but they are back in league action on Saturday. Only game in the National League on Saturday. It's literally, Matt, all eyes on Crabble where Hartlepool United are the visitors. Yeah, I was going to say that. The whole National League world will be looking at uh, Dover Athletic v Hartlepool. Hartlepool went out the cup on Saturday to Oxford but beat Eastleigh last night in the league. So um, it's a bit of a big game for Dover because if they can get three points there, moves them away a little bit from the drop zone, another defeat, particularly at Crabble, will have the Doomongers out and They'll look to get back-to-back -back home wins uh, for the first time this season at home. And uh, fingers crossed I can do that. Yeah, hopefully everyone's going to behave themselves as well because the last game between oh, yes, yeah, them yeah. two wasn't uh, the best, was it? 
No, it'll be interesting to see what sort of the atmosphere is like on that point of view. How many Hartley Paul well supported? Got a lot of <coughs> Southeast supporters down there. So uh, yeah, it wasn't them. Um, yeah, the club Hartlepool didn't hold themselves in particularly good um, credit in that game. And hopefully, yeah, Saturday with all eyes will be on the National League clash that uh, it could be a little bit better and uh, we don't have those unsavoury incidents again. Yeah, of course, the reason why no one else is playing is because it's the FA Trophy this weekend. Uh, normally, we'd like to have lots of Kent teams to talk about. We've just got the one, Epps United against Kingsley in town. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, Matt, about that game. Where does this sit in Kevin Watson's priority list at the moment? I would suggest not very high. Yeah, Kingsley in the top of the National League North, so it's not a gimme either. They've knocked over out in the previous round. Um, no, I presume it gives him one more chance to look at the players he's got, I would have thought, um, and say, right, now, with the league game coming up, we need to bring some players in. So it could be a last chance to saloon for some of these players. I don't know if they're going to do it on the day. Probably doesn't want to replay, to be honest, if he can avoid that. So, um, But again, it's not a gimme. Some people would say Kingsley may be favourites. Well, that is the end of this week's Kent Only podcast. We will see next week uh, how that prediction from Matt Gerrard uh, fares. I, I don't know where I'll be. Uh, I'll be keeping a close eye to see if he's right or wrong, as I always do. Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody for listening. As always, you can find us on social media. On Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook we are at Kent Non League. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. As always, we do appreciate it so so much. Uh, Radio Show Monday night just gone. We talked about the golf. It was very interesting. This week we're going to be talking about uh, the England Six Aside football team, which has a lot of Kent Non League players involved in it. So uh, we've got three guests coming into the studio. So that'll be very very interesting. Looking forward uh, to that one. Uh, Matt will be commentating on Dover against Hartlepool for BBC Radio Kent on Saturday. Uh, we. We'll be back with you next week for the next episode of the Kent Only podcast. Alexa, play greatest hits of Belinda Carlisle.